0: Welcome to Deep End Theory.
1: Hey
2: guys, this is Julian Gray, this is Spencer Brown. Hi, this is Jon from the And you're listening to Deep End Theory on, on UCLA, UCLA Radio. Radio. You're now listening to the Deep End Theory with myself, Valid and Leslie Snipes, and welcome. The podcast where we sit down and talk to DJs, producers, you can learn more about your favorite artists and find out what life is like in the industry. And today we've got a special one for the progressive house fans. He's been in the game for over a decade and we've been following his work for quite some time. I describe his sound to be sophisticated and high tech from ominous leading beats with suspense filled synths to chill piano driven lounge tracks. He's topped charts and playlists all over. Having support from Colorized Armada, Above and Beyonds, Group Therapy, and Beyond, we're glad to have Deza on with us on Deep End Theory. Deza's just released Cosmos, his debut album, not too long ago. How's it been since? Amazing.
3: Um, thanks for having me on the show. First of all, uh, great to sit down and chat. Uh, but yeah, everything's been going. Uh, everything's been going good. The, the album released. Um, Last month, it's been out for about a month now, and uh, it's racking up some uh, some streams, which is good. And it's released out on Colorize. On Colorize Music, yeah, which is a sub-label of uh, Enhanced Music. Um, yeah, and they've done an amazing job there. Um, they have a wicked team uh, in the office. And since then, I've, I've actually signed a management deal with them as well, so uh, things, are, things are going good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot to listen to. It's 19 tracks total. You've got some some tracks that have already been out, but a lot of new tracks um, yeah. and a lot of collaborations with like Jay Andrews, Julian Gray, Rollo Green, Colony, Josh Kelly, and Matt Fax. So a lot of the usual Progressive House and, and Deza collaborations. But a few of those names I, I actually personally don't recognize,
3: specifically like Jay Andrews and Josh Kelly. <laughs> those guys are uh, actually good friends of mine. They're from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I'm from, up in uh, Canada. And uh, I've known those guys uh, for some time, and they're very talented musicians. So uh, it made sense to uh, invite them uh, invite them along for the ride. Um, Josh actually just lives around the corner from me, so uh, it, j- it just made sense. And is he a producer or a vocalist? I wasn't entirely... Um he's a he's a little bit of everything. Um I met him years ago uh, in the DJ scene. Um well, I kind of knew him before that, but really got to know him through the DJ scene, um doing that kind of stuff and uh he he's always been a uh, a musician, but he kind of just put everything on the back burner, but recently um he picked the guitar mm-hmm. back up and uh he's been taking some vocal lessons and things like that. And uh him and I sat down and wrote the track uh, Northern Star in one night. Um, Jay Andrews uh, He's a percussionist, um, very talented. Um, he he does big touring shows. Um I forgot, I think one of the shows that he was involved with was called Drum, which is like a, a show that tours all over the place. And uh, he, he put up a, a clip of him playing this uh, this drum on his instagram and i said can you record some of that and send it over to me and he did and that's basically the the live percussion that you hear in that track uh lost touch
2: it's awesome yeah that song in gen- in general just stood out in my opinion and it uh, sounded like something that could be played in like an Anjuna deep set
3: cool yeah I, I actually just heard that um I think Mark Knight might be interested in playing it, which was uh, ah. which was surprising to me as well because I'm I'm like a diehard M- Mark Knight fan, um, but yeah, that 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 was uh, pretty surprising to hear.
2: And tell us a little bit about the theming behind the album. So, Cosmos, where did that idea stem from, and how did it inspire the rest of the artwork and everything in general? Well,
3: I ha- I had a lot of the um, a lot of the tracks done by the
2: time I made the track cosmos and uh so this is a theme that like speaks to you in general
3: exactly yeah i thought it was a good uh, a good theme for the album because you know like my music kind of like the visuals of space and space travel and everything that that's out there that's still unexplored is uh is pretty amazing and uh yeah i think it just uh, it just fits the sound very well and uh, the the album art we we had like probably about ten different versions before we got the right one, but uh, the, the the team at uh, Colorize Enhanced really killed it there. Yeah, it's a really cool like spliced galaxy. Yeah, I initially wanted to have like uh, like there's there's an astronaut in it, and I was thinking of uh, of like a, a falling astronaut, but but their idea was to have like the astronaut look like he's being like propelled upwards
1: so it took me a while
3: to wrap my head around that and and now I'm, I'm glad that we went with it because it's yeah it's super cool
2: yeah
4: and you said that you mentioned this like unexplored aspect did you want that actually reflected in the music as well because i noticed some of these songs kind of venture away from a traditional Deza
3: sound yeah i guess that that's a good point i never really thought of it that way but yeah i wanted to have a like a range of different stuff uh, on the album and not just have like, you know, the same track over and over again I wanted to show a little bit of uh, a little bit of diversity in the productions and it's been a good thing because it's pulled in support from uh, from, from a range of different artists like um, you know, above and beyond of course they're supporting. Armin supported um, But like guys like Sam Felt, Don Diablo, Nora on Pure, like those kinds of artists that that I've never really pulled support in from, um, and and it helps with the playlisting as well because I can find you know my 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 track Honey uh, w- would end up in, in more of a housey um, kind of playlist, whereas the progressive stuff would end up in like Night Rider or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's and some some Apple Music playlisting has has been great. They they featured the album. Um, for for the for a week on the main page as a banner, oh, which is like when I when I heard that I was just like this is insane. Like to see you know see my my uh, my album up next to some of the biggest names around. It was pretty surreal.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine how gratifying that would feel. Yeah, it was wicked. <laughs> and
2: this might be probably a, a good place to be at right now, right? It's released. All your work is done. Now you get to to reap the rewards. And watch the the streams come in.
3: Yeah, it's it's crazy. All the feedback that I've been getting from it, um, people get really in depth with the feedback that they're giving me. Instead of just saying, "Oh, nice album," you know, like they're getting into it and and, and talking about you know each each track and and every aspect. It's it's been it's been uh, interesting because I've 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 only just been a guy to you know release singles and stuff here and there, but I, th- I thought the time was right for an album. But uh, I mean, after. You know, after it releasing, it does. Um, I don't know. It's it's been it's been good, but it's been really really busy, and I haven't had much time to uh, to sit down and do mu- do like work on music stuff. But um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like when you hear people releasing an album and then they say, "Oh, I'm taking a short break for now," and it totally makes sense to me because it's it's definitely necessary because it's so much work that goes into it, and then it happens, and you're just like. You just you know it's just it's just busy times and i'm sure it's like a cathartic feeling right when you actually get it out there yeah and then you're just and, and and at the same time you're thinking jesus i have to follow this up you know <laughs> so there's a lot of stress involved with
2: it as well apple music banner to uh times square <laughs> <laughs> heard a lot of like intro edit songs not the usual run-of-the-mill extended tracks after extended track uh, so, I'm guessing, is there, is there something the fans could look out for in terms of a tour of any sort? Um, yeah,
3: we're working on it now. Um, not too much that I can speak of um, because it's not, uh, some of the stuff isn't announced. But um, the, the, the aim of the game right now is uh, the U.S. Uh, visa to, to work in the States and uh, then hopefully line up a tour because there's a lot of demand down there for me to play which is amazing so yep. it'll be it'll be like a like an album tour um themed around around the album some
2: some real business to deal with first before that happens
3: right yes the and the visa thing is um it's all you know checked off and it's it's in the works um but it it takes some time to process it and all that stuff so uh hopefully yeah hopefully you know after summer i'm, I'm thinking
2: into the fall um is is yeah. what i'm hoping for and your sound is it could be played throughout the seasons
3: exactly yeah yeah i'm hoping to get over to Ibiza in the summer that's that would be a, that would be a, a big thing too cuz i've got some you know you know balearic kind of sounds like it like uh, like sun sunset kind of sets would be uh, yeah would work well
4: yeah i wanted to talk about this track on the album called a dog's dream yes it's got no kick in it it's just a very trippy melody and i felt like there might be something going on with the name i felt like it had a backstory
3: yeah i had always kind of um you you know my dog's always around and and the things that i you know that i do with my dog it, it inspires me at the end of the day like we'll go out and and go on hikes and stuff and take in the sights and just kind of just like shut off from everything else and just take everything in um so yeah, there was one day I just we came back from a walk or whatever, and all he does is sleep when he gets home. But uh, yeah, he he was I was working on the track, and I just heard this noise, and I look over, and he's like in mid dream, and he's twitching, and his legs are going, and he's grunting, and all this stuff. And I'm, I I just thought in my head like, what is he dreaming about? Like is he is he happy? Is he like is 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 the music that I'm working on right now? Um,
2: does it have anything to do with what he's dreaming? Like. <laughs> It was
3: so. I just thought yeah. A dog stream
2: and another track on your album, "Cold Outside," which was also just a, a standalone release with Julian Gray. Right. It's been awesome. We've had him on the show as well. And so looking at your Twitter feed, it's interesting for him to be releasing the inside the making of the track as well.
3: Yeah, Julian is a super talented guy, and uh, he's you know he's so enthusiastic, and uh, he's all about. You know, like if, he, if he, he's the kind of guy, if you send him a message, he's going to respond, you know, like he's yeah. he's very uh, switched on with with his followers and and things like that. Yeah. And, and to be able to do, you know, an inside the project video and, and do it so well at the same time is um, not a lot of things many people can do. Um, but, it, you know, and a lot of other, you know, a lot of other artists would be like, well, I don't want to do that because I don't want to give away my secrets. But like he doesn't care. Right, it's just you're just pushing everything forward by being like that.
4: Yeah, he's extru- impressively positive. I would say. Yeah, he is. It's crazy. He has such a great attitude about everything, and he just wants to share and make the world a better place. Yeah,
3: and he he totally embraced the the whole you know the mouse thing of him call you know calling him the resident tryhard. You know, he just instead of like you know being bummed out about it or whatever, you know, because you know you know Mouse is, he's you know. comes off off a bit harsh sometimes but he he like took it and embraced it and ran with it and I think it's a good attitude to have yeah that that track came about um, I remixed a track of his called touch uh, with Pippa Moran and uh, we just got to talking and and said you know we should uh, we should collaborate on something and I had this sitting on my computer the vocal and the chords and stuff like that I just had it sitting so I sent it over to him. He was like, yes, let's do this. And then we, we had it done fairly quickly um, after, you know, he, he he kind of built the structure of the track. And uh, if, if, yeah, if you've seen the, the Inside the Project video, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But I sent him the chords and stuff like this and the vocals. And uh, then he, he came back again. And then I added some more layers to it. And uh, that's how it came out. It's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, Julian's got a
3: great host of videos on YouTube as well about tons of different.
4: Yeah, exactly, yeah, I I watched them, yeah. And then another track I wanted to ask about was Honey. Because to me, I don't know if you feel this, I don't know if it was intentional, it's a little funkier. It almost felt, it reminded me a little bit of Daft Punk. Maybe like a slightly more pro- progressive form of Daft. Punk, yeah, because but...
3: the, um, the yeah the, the bass line is very kind of Daft Punky how it kind of jumps around and it, it it almost sounds like kind of like a live bass rather than just you know your typical synth you know bass or sustained bass underneath. But it was it's definitely more housey, um, and and that track actually has has pulled in a lot of uh, a lot of love. Um, looking at uh, releasing a vocal version of it. Uh, I can't hmm. say too much about it um i mean i guess i can um who cares really it's just this this the industry um but the the original version uh, had a vocal on it one a vocal of my own um so what we decided to do um, and, and i just i i completely made that track just to be a a track on the album that was different than everything else and in a genre that i don't typically release so i just wanted it to be like just an album track and when the label heard it they were just like this is huge um i think you know we can run with this one and i'm kind of thinking well better run you know big with it because people people sit there go oh you know he's he's selling out he's doing vocal house now or whatever he's not sticking to progressive progressive music but yeah. So what we decided to do was uh, release the instrumental version, which is on the album, and uh, take a step back and maybe uh, reassess the vocal. Um, it might be something that I'll, I'll work with another vocalist on it um, instead of using mine. Personally, like I don't know if I'm biased or not, I haven't heard any other um, recordings yet, but uh, I, I think the vocal that I did was pretty wicked but uh we'll see we'll see what happens with that it's definitely like a summer a happy summertime kind of vibe to it right so it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out so that'll be like that'll be a single release that will come later on once it's all done
2: and is that uh like in terms of just like being a vocalist for a track, is that something you've experimented with before, or is this your first track?
3: Um, I've done vocals in the past. I did one with uh, with Matt Fax last year called Sweet Dream that did really well. It ended up going on Spotify's hmm. Mint, um, yes. and actually... I didn't realize that was your voice. Yes, that's me, and that was kind of the first... Uh, I- I've always kind of toyed with vocals, but nothing that I was that would ever be comfortable releasing. But uh, that was the same sort of deal, I, you know, let's work, you know, me and Matt Fax were just like, let's work on something, we've known each other for 10 years. Um, and, and I sent him that, and then and it's kind of the same way that the, that the Julian Gray um, one panned out. But uh, yeah, there's that one. And then I did um, a vocal for Steve Bryan on his album, um, called Snow Angel and then there was cold outside i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i've done um yeah no i I don't think but yeah it's it's i've just been experimenting with it and people's people seem to like it like and and the yeah the coolest thing is is like most people don't even know they're like who's doing the vocals like it's like well it's Definitely. just my name on the track there's no one else so
1: <laughs> you know
3: figure it out right but uh, yeah, yeah it's a, it's another th- another kind of thing that that kind of helps an artist uh, step step aside from from the rest you don't see many too many guys doing their own vocals especially if
4: you keep that branding like to Desa. I think it can be a huge uh uniqueness factor I suppose where, Cool, thank you, you, know, you. yeah, yeah this is really recognizable and the only time anyone hears that kind of vocal is on your own tracks
3: right yeah that's that's the aim of the
2: game and so you just also a week you had a guest mix on uh group therapy yeah um how was that
3: it was it's pretty amazing I, i did one back on uh abgt 242 i think it was or two somewhere around there just before 250 at the gorge yeah um so I, I I probably could have done one in between then and now because it was two years ago, but I thought you know I, I'm gonna hold off and just wait until something, until something big happens. So that's that's uh, that's why I did it. And I reached out to the guys and they graciously had me on and uh, pe- people liked it, which is good. Yeah, we're huge uh, Above and Beyond fans. We were actually at 250. And nice. So was I. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first time meeting the guys. They they really. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing to see the you know the community of artists around are so welcoming and uh, you know even though I hadn't had and I still haven't had many releases on the album or on the label sorry uh, and Juna. but uh, that you know I told them I was coming I flew over and uh, they looked after me they gave me you know all the all the perks and all the all access stuff and I got to you know meet a lot of the other artists that were there um, some guys that I've known for a while and, and have never met in person it was uh, it was pretty cool and then to see that you know that production I mean it's the gorge yeah, it's, yeah I was gonna know, say tell me about it. it it was amazing I'll never forget it going back this year uh, for the weekend yeah the um, weekend or I the, call it 250 part 2 but <laughs> yeah it will it will be Right, I think that's so cool that they're doing that. When is it? I believe it's July twenty sixth or June twenty sixth. I can't okay, remember. Okay, the... cool. Yeah, if I'm free, I'll definitely. Uh, it would be definitely good to uh, to take a zip down and and
2: say. And hi. is that something artists do regularly? Just just to come out and hang out and just show support.
3: Um, well actually uh, at 250 Spencer Brown was there. I'm sure you saw that he did that pop-up set at, in the in the food truck there up at the campgrounds which was awesome but he wasn't <laughs> heard on, about he, that. He wasn't on the lineup right He was just yeah. there. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any other artists that were there. Um, you know there, there were some smaller guys um, like Adrian Alexander was there. Um, mm-hmm. Ryland Taggart was there. Bryn was there. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys there that, that weren't playing the show, but they just went down to kind of socialize and network and and say hi. So I guess for, for an event like that, you you will see guys there that that uh, that aren't playing.
4: And you recently also played a state of trance 900. Yep, on the progressive stage. Yeah, that um, was that was. Yeah, insane. Tell us about it. How-
3: First of all, like to be asked to play it, I was. I'm just like it just blew my mind. Like Ruben had told me, he said, I got your name in the hat for, for 900. And I was just like, Oh, you know, thanks man. Like I never thought anything of it. I didn't think anything would transpire transpire because not a lot of my, like, I don't have any really releases on Armada. I've done a couple remixes for chicane. Um, so it it just, just kind of like, okay, maybe this will, like maybe it won't happen. Didn't get too excited. And then boom, it happened. And I was just like, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty surreal. The, the, the progressive stage, it was uh, myself, Matt Fax, Raj, Colony, Paul Thomas, John 00 Fleming, and Gundamea, I think, which is uh, the Stoneface and Terminal. But um, I guess... What a from, lineup. For, yeah, from what I gather, um, I was with... Uh, I brought uh, Jamie, Jamie Kemp, who is uh, the head of um, 03 Music. He flew down... Uh, to stay, he stayed with me and uh, he was there last year with uh, Tim Mason and he said that the size of the room has like quadrupled in size from just, just in one year and uh, I'm thinking it's there were probably bro. four or 5,000 people maybe when it when it was full, like when I was playing, so I've never, I didn't know what to expect because, you know, it was a side room it wasn't the main room that had like 20,000 people in it, and I was yeah. playing at the same time as Armin, so it was, it was kind of stressful you know, are people going to be in the room and stuff but it was rammed, like yeah. from front to back, and I've never seen that many people like I've never, I've seen that many people that have never played to that many people, and the sound yeah. system was just bonkers, but yeah, it was it was great to you know meet all those other artists as well. Um, Paul Thomas, you know, I've known for for some time. I finally got to meet him, and uh, John Double O, who who played a big role in uh, in the actual creation of the the stage and the progressive being in there. And for Armin to to kind of you know, I, I was talking to him last week, and I said you know like thanks for thanks for opening the doors, you know, and he just said well, the doors always been open. You know, so it was just kind of like holy shit, you know.
4: Yeah, and um, that was before the album release, so I'm sure the crowd was like, "What are, what are we hearing right now?" Exactly,
3: it was perfect timing, and that was one of the reasons why the album was ready to go in like December, but we decided with the ASOT thing, we we thought let's wait, and uh, I'll play you know all the unreleased stuff in the set just to uh, just to help promote it. But uh, I played you know a, a, a lot of at that time they were you know IDs and uh people people resonated well which was just like like I keep saying over and over again it just blew Yeah, it's mind. one of my
4: favorite things about a progressive shows in general. It's usually just huge ID fests. Right. I mean, Prides is kind of the the master of doing that. Yeah, Prides will play a whole set with no
3: no one knows any of the music. Exactly. Yeah. That's he's you know, he's someone we all kind of look up to and you see Spencer Brown sets like he's doing a tour called yeah. I d you know, the ID tour, right? Everything that he plays, you you'll never you might never hear yeah. it again right which makes the show uh unique in a Definitely. way and
4: you mentioned you were impressed by the size of the progressive stage yeah um you know progressive really has seemed to be in a huge uptick in the past two years mm-hmm. but why do you think that is or what has spurred that growth or, or re-emergence of
3: interest I guess? uh I, you know progressive has always been around um of course yeah. as every genre is and, and music kind of goes in waves but i think it has a lot to do with um streaming media and people are people are discovering music um on their own instead of what they're being told to like by you know the certain you know people that they follow or the certain um you know media outlets that they that they listen to like like mainstream media you know like it it kind of forces the public to, to listen to stuff but with with um with streaming i mean as as you probably know you you can go in if you listen to something by me it's going to give you a list of related artists that 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 you might go i'm going to check this guy out and people are just discovering it on their own so there are are, i think i think people are really you know learning how to like music that they that they actually like and discover by themselves so i think that has a lot to do with progressive kind of being on the uprise because it's good music (laughs)
2: and that's actually something that uh i was talking to mark earlier about which was how mainstream music used to be centralized through the radios and now it's through the internet so it's fully dispersed and anyone of any interest could relate to exactly the sound they want um and so that's a positive but also the negative is um it's it's much harder to to earn an earn a living
3: Right. Yeah. It's kind of always been a grind with music, you know, like if, if you're, if you want to make music to make a living, it's, you're just going to end up being really depressed about it. Um, cause <laughs> it just, it just isn't there. But you know, if I had released an album five or six years ago, there's no way it would have pulled in as many listeners because it would have just been swept under the rug and it would have been noticed because all people were doing back then is, uh, you know, downloading stuff illegally, um, and that that's it like it's yeah. it's yeah. it's a completely different time now so P, like compared to 5 years ago i'm making more money than than i was on sales because of the streaming media i mean y- you might you might only be getting a half a cent or a quarter of a cent to play or whatever it is um but if you can rack up you know 10 million streams it's a good little chunk of change that was never there yeah. it was never there 5 years ago so i think it's great i mean it would be nice if they bumped it up a little bit but They've got, you know, a business model to maintain. I'm sure these and...
2: big tech companies can.
3: Yeah, you would think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, it would be good to see them bump it up, but I'm not going to... I don't think I'm gonna complain about it because I mean I'm just happy to have my music out there at the moment I've also I thought there's
4: probably my suspicion is that there's a very interesting interplay between like festivals and the streaming services as well because festivals have gotten way more diverse in the lineups and you know they're not afraid to put more niche artists on bigger stages and how those two things kind of interplay because people get randomly exposed you know someone might stumble into the yuma tent at coachella and hear something that's you know they've never heard just like dark industrial techno whatever it may be um but they hear it at a festival when they're just passing around and then when they see a banner on apple music or whatever they click on it they play it and they're like oh this is like that thing i heard of the festival and i loved it and then they discover a whole genre exactly so i've always thought there's been like a these two things like they feed each other because then as more people listen to it on the streaming services, festivals book those artists more
3: and, and yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's definitely interesting times. It's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's good. But I also
4: feel like the festivals have gotten a little, um, saturated almost where they're, they're starting to
3: have some problems. Um, in terms of just the sheer number of festivals. Yeah, it's it's crazy, like it's exploded. Like we used to just kind of, it used to just be like ultra, like for in North America, like that was like a big thing. I remember like when I was first getting yeah. into it, like I went for the first few years, um, well not the first few years, but uh, I think it was like 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, I think I went, but um, yeah, that was just it. And, the, and then all of a sudden there's just festivals everywhere um, you know, up in Canada, we didn't have too many festivals either, but now like I'm going to play one in Toronto in June and like, there's, there's three or four of them. Like there's just all kinds of festivals everywhere. And it's kind of like, where, where are people getting the money for this kind of stuff? Cause it's not cheap. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah. don't know about you guys. I'm not, uh, a, a festival goer. Like, I mean, the first year I went to ultra, I had a ticket, um, and I was with like 20 of my friends. I walked in. And I lasted about 20 minutes. I said, this is just, this is too much for me. And I walked out and I scalped my ticket on the way out and uh, went and sat on the beach. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not something I should say, but it, everybody, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, but I, I, yeah. I, I prefer to be kind of, you know, like behind the scenes, kind of just hanging out with other artists. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's, there's still a market for it. Um, I don't know if it's oversaturated or not. And the other thing is, is the, the lineups where you have like, you know, 50, 60 names on the thing. You're never going to be able to it just It bring it back to the club, you know, where you have, you know, three or four guys, Max. Or You're starting to see guys now like um, I was watching uh, Max Graham. He's another Canadian producer who's been around like he's a, you know, a visionary for, for electronic music. Um, but he, he's doing open to close sets. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. It's not, it's not about these power hour. You know, DJ sets. it's hard to go on there, and DJ even even at a state of trance, it was hard for me to go in and only have an hour to play. By the time I am done, I am just getting into it, and I got to hand it over to somebody else. And at the same time, I am trying to think, okay, how am I gonna? Because progressive is, you know, it's progressive. How am I gonna leave my set in a nice place for Paul Thomas to pick up at? Right? And I think at the festival, I think yeah. at the festivals, you are not you're not really seeing that. You're just seeing guys go do the power hour set and there's no flow of the evening. Yeah,
4: and especially for progressive because you want to get into it. You need to get like that hypnotized kind of like sensation.
3: But like I went, I messaged Paul and I said, you know, I'm thinking of uh, finishing on this track. He said, yeah, that's perfect. That's great. That'll work. Awesome. Um, But I I, I doubt that guys are, I I doubt that's happening, you know, on on the higher level. Do you
4: personally normally try to coordinate handoffs like that?
3: Um, Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, if I know the person that's that's playing after me, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely do that. Like I, I come from I'm a sure from a scene where, you know, if you're playing after somebody, you mix out of their track into yours. But at these big shows, it's just like the music stops and then you start up again. Um, mm. and and so you know, I always uh, I always try and try and talk to the dj before the dj after and and and, uh, figure out what works best i guess
4: more along the lines of visions for the future where do you
3: see progressive house in the next five years i think it's just going to keep on getting better i mean there's so many good producers out there that uh that are kind of uh like under the radar right now um not really under the radar like they're there but um there's so many talented guys um and I just think it's just going to keep getting uh, getting better and better. And who are you keeping an eye on in the next year? Going back to that sleeper. Um, you know, it's hard to say. Like everybody that I've kind of been working with now, like we're all kind of like on the same level where we're just kind of uh, kind of punching through. Like all the guys on my album, like Julian and uh, Colony, and Rolo Green. Um, he's kind of he's kind of been. Uh, you know, in the background, kind of watching, observing, but still, you know, making incredible music. Um, there's a guy called Alistair. Um, he's over in uh, in LA, I believe. He's from the East Coast, but he's got a studio in LA. He's a really, really cool guy, and uh, like, he's he's just got that. Um, he's got like an like an aura around him. Like when he's working on music, he's just got he's just like. Um, I don't know if you want to call him a genius or, or or what but he's just like the stuff that he does just it just blows my mind. And he's um he's pretty well known in the, in the community but I'd, I'd really like to see his music uh blow yeah, up well,
4: uh, I haven't heard of him bet. but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep talking.
3: Alistair, it's A L A S T O R. Um he's he's uh yeah, he's done some work. I think maybe with Gareth Emery in the past, and he's done some stuff with Cosmic Gate and uh, and Jerome Ismay. He's done some stuff with him, and uh, he still works. I think he still works with with Jerome. And you, you know, it's just like it's music they want to listen to it, I'm just like, it, like it's inspiring, and that's that's hard to come and by. Did you have like mentors along the way along this whole journey? Um, you know, not not really like a big name mentor I mean just just something as simple as having support from one of those big guys you know like what the first dance track I ever made like Tiesto played it so that for me was just like that that's that's almost like being mentored you know and, and I could I could probably still you know I could send him an email I, I actually uh, went to ask to, to be to do a guest mix on his show I haven't heard back yet but um, you know it's it's just stuff like that it it motivates you know like above and beyond and Armin and all these big guys that are you know kind of not so much as taking you under their wing and and going that far but uh it, it's definitely some form of a of a mentorship i would say and all the all the other artists in the, in the community as well that i've worked with over the years um it's always nice to be able to you know, bounce ideas off people and and, and talk to people like. Yeah, that. I could
4: definitely see that like positive reinforcement of you know hearing your song and someone else's yeah. set, just being the most satisfying feeling. And, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I'm doing the uh, the guest mix on the State of Trance on Thursday. That support from Armin and uh, and the things that that he said to me have been
2: extremely uh, motivating. Yeah, that must that that must be huge, just personally yeah. in general. And uh, in terms of just like for those budding artists uh in the progressive realm right now especially in la um and the bigger bigger cities progressive isn't necessarily the front runner in terms of genres that it will be heard in the clubs yeah. right now uh, it's more of the house uh techno dirty bird style yeah. tech house and so, for those who are trying to break into the progressive house scene, how would you advise or suggest them to to get into it? Maybe it might require more of a bigger room atmosphere.
3: Yeah, it's it's that's a that's a tricky one. Um, I think we'll go go back to the the festivals. I mean, I, I think Carl Cox said it uh, a, a few years ago regarding Ultra. Um, but I guess the good thing about having so many artists on these festivals is. Um, you do get to hear a wide a wide range of music as opposed to like when you in in the club scene if it's only you know a certain style of music and you're never hearing it but but people you know will drift off into different areas of festivals and discover music that that they've never heard before and and be like what's this oh it's progressive house i might check this out but as far as the um the club scene goes I i don't really know i mean there are you know there are progressive shows all over the place all the time. I I guess you just got to dig a little deeper instead of just, instead of just taking what's given to you.
4: Yeah, definitely. We, um, we have yet to find a progressive warehouse party.
3: Well, there you uh, go. You see a hole in the market started up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I live in a small town. Um, we had a a bit of a scene, um, years back. Um, and it just kind of fizzled out. Um, one of the main promoters passed away um, which was very tragic and uh, the scene here has never really been the same since and it's it's you know it's it's because of I don't I don't want to sound like a dick in, in saying it but it's it's I don't know it, it's partly it, it involved like it involves the, the people running it um, they're they're the ones that are programming the nights and that's that's fine like they're in the scene they're doing hard work to get it done but uh, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're not um, showcasing all the different um, genres and, and talent that's around. They're just focusing on what they like. So that might that might be um, happening in the bigger cities too. I'm, I'm not too sure. But uh, once you know, once the promoters catch on to the, the progressive house and the movement that's going on, uh, it's it's all going to come together, I, I believe. Even if it's you know, even if it's small, intimate venues, I'm
2: fine with that. Yeah, it's just exactly. gonna be all night
4: long. We normally wrap up the interviews with a rapid fire section.
2: Right. Yeah. Ready, set, hit it.
4: Dream B2B. Eric Prids? Favorite effect when you're mixing. Echo Echo and reverb, yeah. Let's say you're going out in Halifax. What's your favorite go to spot? Oh, I like Wing Night down at the
3: pint. Nice. <laughs> the best deal on wings. I got a free. I got free wings for a year. I have a card for it. So wait, was, how'd you yeah, get that? <laughs> well, they, they give them out at the at the hockey games. They give at some point in the year they, they give out uh, free free wing wings for a year with a beverage purchase. So they give it out to the whole section. So everybody got. Oh, it. nice. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and what song do you want played at your funeral? Orbital Halcyon. Uh, what genre of music do
3: you relax to? Um, relaxing piano music on Spotify, like just just those kinds of playlists. Maybe some cinematic stuff. And are you a hunter or gatherer?
4: Version, I guess
3: I would say I'm a hunter. I like, I like to go. I like to go out and get my stuff. Get 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 what I, get what I want. Well, Dazza, thank you
4: for coming on the show. Um, for those of you that haven't heard the album yet, Cosmos is out on every major streaming platform. It's full of fantastic tracks, a lot of diversity. Would recommend listening to it in order. Uh, it's a it's better experience that way. Uh, but now Deza's gonna hit the decks for a guest mix.
2: Any parting words uh, from you, Deza?
3: Thanks for having me, and um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the mix.